So again, it's, for me, it's all context. But, you know, when Gary Vaynerchuk, for instance, was like, yeah, man, like, you got to be fucking everywhere, dude. Like, if you don't put out, like, content, you know, on platforms where, you know, like, your audience plays, like, you don't exist, motherfucker. What's up, hustlers? Welcome to the Matt Brown Show. How's it, guys? So just yesterday, I was catching up on the Joe Rogan Show, and Joe was talking to Gary V about podcasting. And Joe shares my sentiments about podcasting exactly. And to quote him, he said, radio is fucked. Now allow me to explain. With podcasting, you don't have to listen to adverts, traffic reports, or miss your favorite shows. A podcast, you can stream it on your TV, then in your car, and then while you run later that day. It's on demand, and most importantly, on your terms. But how big is the podcast market in South Africa and what is the big opportunity for you, the entrepreneur in this space? Well, towards the end of last year, my team and I undertook the largest independent research initiative ever into South African podcasting. It was supported by online and mainstream media across the country and over a period of six months resulted in us capturing the podcast media consumption data of over 15,000 respondents. Here are some of the headlines and key findings. The addressable market for podcasting right now today is 16 million people and approximately 6 million South Africans listen to podcasts on a weekly basis and a further 9 million listen to podcasts on a monthly basis. Also, approximately 80% of South Africans listen to the majority of a podcast But perhaps the biggest indicator of growth is that podcast consumption has grown by 100% in the past 12 months alone. This then represents a massive opportunity for entrepreneurs to go out there and build their personal brands through the medium of podcasting. To find out how to do this, I reached out to Jeff Large, the CEO of Come Alive Creative in America, to explore what is happening over there in terms of podcasting and what he has learned in producing podcasts for some of his clients over in the States. One more thing, if you'd like to get the rest of the data on South African podcasting, you can do that by heading over to my blog at mattbrownmedia.coza. So without further ado, enter Jeff Lodge. Hey guys, welcome to the Matt Brown Show version 2.0. <laughs> so I have with me the infamous Jeff Lodge from America. So how's it, buddy? Hello, everyone. Hello, Matt. Hello, everyone. Yeah, imagine I had that voice. Yeah, Jeez, make a killing. Uh, it's because I woke up. It's afternoon for you guys, but I woke up a little while ago. I was up late. I was up till like maybe 3 or so a.m. working oh, on yeah? some stuff. Really? So you went uh, chasing the magic dragon, huh? Uh, <laughs> yeah, not familiar with your terminology, <laughs> but no, I was working. I have a, I have a couple of meetings after this one that I needed to be prepped for, and I didn't feel like doing it early in the morning, so I did it late at night instead. Uh, <laughs> cool. So, um, Jeff, before we dive into the meat and the potatoes of today's show, I would like you to do the honors of introducing yourself. Why? Are you so important over there in the world of podcasting? What do you do? What are the headlines around that story? Um, so important. Uh, you're you're talking me up a lot, calling me I infamous am, and so important. So that brown show, bro. <laughs> Make you famous. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just I'm just an average everyday guy. No, we um <laughs> I run an agency called Come Alive Creative. I've been working in podcasting for probably about six years now. And the short of it was uh, kind of the the mini story is used to be a teacher, formerly trained in education, 
resigned in order to launch my agency. We started off like most agencies as just a generalist web shop. And then about a year or a year and a half ago, we gutted all of our services to offer just like kind of turnkey podcast production for most of the time content marketing teams that don't have time or other professionals that see the benefits, but don't necessarily have the knowledge or the bandwidth to pull it off. And so that's the short of it. Lovely. I love where your head's at. And that's not too dissimilar from where we are, Ernie. We've gone the other way. <laughs> We've literally gone from podcast specialists to we'll do anything. <laughs> so we'll do like long format articles to videos to photos to events to like brand ads to like you name it, presentations, if it's digital and it's content, like digital kung fu is the, the studio. So it's quite interesting. We've done a complete 180, but I love it though because yeah. it's an interesting. I, was gonna say, I, was, I wanted to jump in real quick. Why? Yeah. Why did you switch? Why did you broaden out? Um, dude, well, again, we, we see we want to talk about the same thing. I love this. Yeah. So basically, okay. very simply, um, South Africa, Africa more broadly when it comes to content and access to that content, just take a podcast, for instance, um, is completely different, right? I mean, the way that you access it, it's the same, but we have data costs like you do, but here we don't have the spending power, uh, the economic wallet of the consumer that you do. Um, and mm -hmm. also your market there is just way bigger, right? So our, our money is going towards um, radio and TV and some digital, about 10% of the average budget goes towards digital production stuff. But pretty much mm -hmm. it's been that way for 50 years, you know? Yeah. Um, in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, when Facebook happened and the internet had sex and stuff, um, then everyone was like, oh, the internet's going to like, you know, be the future of spend and whatever. And that just hasn't happened. So, um, having said that, if you look at, um, Gimlet Media in America, for instance, like, there's WPP, you know, massive advertising mm -hmm. network putting their capital behind what they believe is the future of radio, you know. So we're mm -hmm. worlds apart. Same thing, but just worlds apart. So in, over there, um, you can build a podcast-only business, right? Purely based in narrative like Gimlet, S-Town, all that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and hats off to them, right? But over here, I tried to do that. Gareth Cliff tried to do that. A lot, I know I say a lot, but I say between me and Gareth Cliff, I don't really know of anyone else that jumps to mind necessarily. There is Iono that does hosting and stuff like that. That's quite an interesting, innovative platform. They want to be Spotify podcasting around the world. So there is some innovation here, but in general, you know, to get the person to essentially open up by, from a big brand, like you need scale and we don't have that. So yeah. short answer, you can't build a podcast only business here, you know, at least currently. That will probably change. Um, but. No, that's just how we where we are at the moment. So how is business for you over there? What kind of work are you Businesses. doing? Let me comment on what you just said. I think it's really interesting what you're talking about because I just went to Podcast Movement, which is a, probably the largest podcasting conference for the US and it was in Philadelphia. And while I was there, I actually met somebody who, two people in particular who do similar things to us. One was based out of London and then one was based out of Australia. And the guy based out of Sydney had very similar thoughts to you where he was just saying the market is super tight. Like there's kind of these low, low ball people are coming in and screwing it up and they're giving it a bad name and giving, making the prices, driving them down and things. Whereas the London guy was probably, they're not as developed as America is in terms of the market, but he was much more bullish on the whole thing where he's like, no, we're okay. We got, we have enough clients coming in and stuff. So it's, it's fascinating to kind of look at the different parts of the world and where everybody's strengths and weaknesses are. So 
cool. Thanks for sharing. Dude, thanks. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, it's refreshing to, to have my, my sort of sense checked, if you like, because it's very hard. Like mm-hmm. we don't have, you know, what was that called? Podcast conference. Uh, podcast movement. Podcast movement. Yeah, we don't have that. <laughs> okay, like mm-hmm. no one yeah. even thinks about doing that because no one will go. Right? <laughs> There'll be like yeah. an, like a five hundred seater auditorium with ten people there. You know, although yeah, I'm, I'm I forget what it was this year. It's something like I my numbers. This is when you start doing like dates and math on live stuff, and it's not good. I think it was their fourth year, and I want to say they had a roughly like three thousand attendees or so. And so, I mean, each year it's like almost double and next year we'll be down in Orlando. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a fantastic conference and yeah. pulled away a lot from that one. Yeah. I had coffee the other day with a guy called Kevin. He runs Jacaranda FM. It's uh, in, in the biggest province, biggest economic province in the country. Um, Kevin runs Jacaranda. They make like tons of cash on traditional radio spend. Um, and they've just launched the content hub for podcasting. So it's not to say that people don't know that the market's moving it's when the tipping point will happen. So like we did Mm -hmm. just since I last spoke to you, which by the way, when was that? Like a year ago, hey? Probably. I mean, it feels like, I mean, you and I have kind of chatted here and there in between then, but the last time we really talked was probably nine months or a year ago. Yeah, totally. So we we did well. We did research into podcast consumption here. We had about fifteen thousand respondents, which is a huge sample size um, comparatively to the average research pool. Um, and it was supported by local online radio, direct marketing database stuff, and the data we released in May. So that was probably a couple of months back, two three months back. Um, we released it for free, all on social media and stuff. Did you see some of that? I did. Yeah, I yeah. did. Okay. So, and, and that completely substantiates the fact that podcast consumption in South Africa is already on an exponential growth curve. Like it's that like consumption has literally doubled in the last year. So it's on one mm-hmm. of those, you know, exponential lines that you typically see. Um, the did you take stats? I didn't, one thing I didn't see, did you take stats of like in general as a whole, how much of the population of South Africa are listening as a percentage? I did. Um, the, the addressable market is 16 million people. So we define the addressable market as someone who can search for and find your podcast. Um, then the, I, I speak under correction, uh, again, stats on, on live air. It's all on my <laughs> blog, by the way, if you want the actual number. But I think the yeah. weekly listenership was about six or seven million, which is not okay. a small uh, sample size. It's just, I just, I say, so what? Right, because mm-hmm. the, the the actual discussion is commercialization. So ad funded content business models are fucked, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. you can't do it anymore, right? Or you can, but you're gonna spend a very long time and burn a hell of a lot of cash trying to get scale. So what is what's the alternative? And I think there's there's sponsored content, there's um you know, there's doing events and sort of coupling on seasons to particular ad campaigns. There are opportunities. But they're few and far between, and I think at a channel level, especially, I think people are trying to work out well what how do you make cash if it's not through ads? So if I have a million users downloading my podcast every day, like how do I make money? you know um, if it mm-hmm. wasn't advertising, and I think that's an interesting you know paradigm to to really flesh out. I mean, when you were at podcast movement was did that conversation come up? 
they talked we talked about a lot because there's there's basically two worlds that were at podcast movement on one hand and i would say this is the bulk majority about 90 percent of the people there were just sort of your average everyday podcaster and this ranged from people that were just dead start beginning and then it ranged up to people that are established they have good traction good listenership and that kind of a thing i would consider them a little more professional but there's this separate world where say like npr had a really significant presence the guys from um, Mega, the Megaphone platform, Gimlet Media, and a lot of these other like more heavy hitter and major players. And it's you look at it, the space entirely different. It's instead of sitting there and going in day to day of like, oh, how can I make some money? Can I get some ad revenue if I sign up with mid-roll? Or can I do these different things? Whereas these people are looking at scale where it's like, if I can't hit 50,000 downloads on a regular basis with my episodes, we're going to drop the entire project. And so it's like a whole nother perspective. And it was extremely fascinating to go to the different panels. And then even a few other of the digital people um, that are tracking kind of digital marketing as a whole, like Triton uh, Industries or uh, what is it? Edison Research Group and then Jacobson Media Group, either Jacob, or I think it's Jacobson Media Group. And they had a lot to say as well. So it was quite fascinating in that sense. Yeah. So look, I mean, it is an exciting space. And so where we've actually moved into, just to give everyone listening and watching to us right now, um, is that we've actually moved into the personal branding space, which is a completely interesting opportunity, right? And I'm saying that mm -hmm. because we've just found it and it's working. I mean, we it's, it's how many clients did we get this week? Six? You know, six or seven? I'm speaking to Brad, Rad Brad. <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, and so, and this is a very interesting insight, right? If you change the frame, everything changes. If you change the context, everything changes. Another way to say it. So, in other words, if you were trying to sell a podcast to a bank versus selling that same thing to an entrepreneur who wants to have his brand built, right? Like you've got your own show and I've got my show, Matt Brown show, obviously. Um, so if you change that context, the whole opportunity changes. It becomes sweeter. It's almost, uh, do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's like, if you try I think so, but I don't know if I agree with you. So go ahead you? and cool. finish Please your disagree. thought. I might re rebuttal. Please disagree. Go. Well, finish your thought. Okay, so okay. I don't want to misunderstand yeah. you. So, so you're saying I, there's better opportunity in the personal brand space yeah, totally than there would be in like yeah. the corporate brand space. That's right. The need is greater because how do you justify spending, you know, a hundred thousand rand in the production of a podcast, right? Or a series potentially, whatever that number is when you can't get scale. Yeah. Over there, different story. Well, stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, I know being an entrepreneur can be a very lonely experience. You sometimes get stuck, don't you? Well, if you're like me, being stuck sucks. But what if you could access the minds of over 850 CEOs who have built companies generating billions of dollars in revenue and access all of that knowledge in a fraction of a second? Well, the good news is you can literally do that today. What my team have built is Matt Brown AI. It is trained on all the interviews, over 850 of them that I've done to date, all my books, all the knowledge capital that has been generated over the last 10 years right here on the Matt Brown Show. And you can get access to all of that right now for free. So how do you get access to this? Well, head on over to mattbrownshow.com and at the top, you'll see community. Hit that link, sign up. It's absolutely free and you'll be given instant access to Matt Brown AI and a community of over 100,000 subscribers.
how are you defining your your goal? Like, what's the goal of the whole thing? For podcasting, for, like, for, how are you defining value? Is it strictly just dollars? Are we looking at monetization, or are we looking at other ways to define this as a good return of, on investment? Brand. So I've built a relatively uh, popular personal brand, the Matt, through the Matt Brown Show, which was a podcast. Now we're getting bigger through all sorts of other media and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. People feel like they know me, even though they haven't met me. I mean, I got an email address. An email address. I got an email from a potential client the other day who's running an exciting um, startup here or about the freelance market. And she basically, I got referred to her and then she mailed said, have we not met before? Because it feels like I know you. And, mm-hmm. and that's the power of personal branding because a podcast for an entrepreneur like the Matt Brown Show, it speaks for you in rooms that you're not in. You know, that whole context for an entrepreneur is high value stuff because they have an interesting story to share. They do have value that they want to express to the markets that they serve. And they're battling to do that. You know, a brand, Mm -hmm. eh, I'll drop 30 million rand on a radio or TV ad and boom. You know, people know the absolute rebrand that just happened recently. You know, for them, it's a different thing. Why would they care about a podcast? Do you know what I'm saying? But an entrepreneur, he wants to build his rep and his street cred. Um, and so to have responses like, geez, I feel like I know you or your show has changed my life or whatever the case is, you know, the usual sort of stuff that I get, which I'm incredibly grateful for, the power of podcasting for me totally rocks in personal branding, less so in yeah. the brand space. Okay. I'm 100% on board with that. There's a story that I'll tell sometimes where if you go back to my first ever encounter with podcasting, we ran a board game publishing company uh, with a, my wife and my cousin. we huge board game fans. And so anyways, we knew we were going to go to Kickstarter and we wanted a way to give back first. And we're like, let's try doing it via podcast. We'll interview all these people on the business side of podcast, figure out the things that we don't know, and then just teach the community while we're going along, get familiar in that sense. And it got to the point that there was like specific conferences. Say there was one, I think BGG Con was one in particular. It was down in Texas. We mentioned just like kind of loosely mentioned on the show, hey, we're not going to be able to make it to BGG Con. Hope you guys have a great time. And like no joke, we received two different emails the next day of, I talked to my wife, you guys can stay at my house. And we're like, (laughs) okay, that's kind of weird. Thank you for the weird generosity, but we'll pass. And kind of just to, to, to back your point, it's crazy how personal and how connected you can get on a branded podcast side. So I'm 100% on board with that. Mm-hmm. That being said, though, it's a, it depends on how you want to scale personally as a brand. If you want to get more people in, like, here's the, I guess here's the question I'm wondering. Are you able to, from you as a business person and as the Matt Brown Media business, able to pull in the same amount of revenue or more revenue from a person versus is a company or an entity or a brand? Great question. Love where your head's at. And I get asked that a lot. And it's one of the first things that we noticed strategically, which was if you're going to go and try and sell something to someone, make sure that they have the cash flow to pay for it, right? So what we've realized is that there's basically two types of potential buyers, those that are startups. So um, in that case, they don't usually have a lot of cash to spend on brand because they're trying to build product and get to product market fit. But then you get other entrepreneurs who have product market fit, who have scale, they do have 25, 30, 10 employees, five employees even, um, but who understand that if they don't build their personal brand, their business brand will suffer. 
uh, or their mm-hmm. business more broadly. I mean, I put this poll out on Twitter a couple of weeks back and it was like, which brand is more important to build as an entrepreneur? And I was like, personal brand, uh, business brand, or both. And of the, like, I can't remember how many respondents I got, but basically I think it was 55, 60% of the respondents said both. So people mm-hmm. understand the need for personal branding and business brand building. They just, to your earlier point, dude, they just don't have the time, the resources, or the capabilities to mm-hmm. do it themselves. And actually what we solve in the personal branding space is a time problem, you know, yeah. especially for yeah. startups. <clears throat> I was going to say, it has really, like, podcasting's great and all, and, and it sounds like you even kind of pivoted this way. It's just one means of solving a particular problem. And so if you're going after this whole personal brand problem, it makes sense to broaden out if you're going to hit it from these different angles and like your live events, how they've been going gangbusters and in these different things. For us, when I'm looking at it, I care more about like even our business model. I'd rather have fewer high quality clients than a lot of okay clients or a lot of kind of low work type clients. And so we have some who say, for example, one is a podcast I have under wraps at the moment. It's not live yet. And so I can't go into full detail, but it's an orthodontist out of a particular city. And he wants to build more of a personal brand and a name for himself and specifically his community. So we're developing an idea that will revolve around kind of a local global type of a thing where we're going to be talking about ideas that would be relevant to the just U.S. or, or wherever but it's going to be focused on individuals in his community. And so he'll be building networking in that sense. So that's more of like kind of along the lines of what you're talking about. Whereas we have other people who are like large organizations that might want to do something like they're trying to scale their CEO and they want to create like even an internal um, education network. And instead of sending out an email from him or her all the time, they're able to actually hear their voice through an internal podcast. Or we have other people who are just, it's not so much monetization has come as a secondary or like a halo effect, but they're just trying to network, period, where they're running a search firm. We have one, it's leading voices in real estate. And the the host of that, Matt Sleppen, he's been doing real estate now search for like 20 years or so. And this is the people that I wasn't as familiar with the real estate space and still until we started producing this. But by default, it's like, He's talking to people that have created the architecture of the Chicago skyline and have built internationally or have run these like billion dollar companies and giving people moving into this space, like kind of an inside look at these otherwise untouchable people. And he's able to network them, network with them at the same time. And so I have an article that I wrote about the different ROIs or the different returns of investment, but I think it just depends on your angle or whatever way you're going to hit it. Are you feeling lonely on your entrepreneurial journey? Well, it doesn't need to be that way. Check out the Daily Hustle Telegram group powered by the Matt Brown Show and connect with other hustlers from around the world. What is that framework? Can you share us like um, from the article that you wrote? I'd love to know how you quantify value in the podcasting space. Uh, yeah, let me, I don't want to misquote myself, so I'm going to pull it up real quick. So while actually. you're Googling, <clears throat> which I love, we didn't actually do your intro. <laughs> After like <laughs> 20 minutes, we're going to do your intro, Jeff. So Jeff wrote me this amazing quote, which I'm going to bring up on screen now. Here it is. Jeff, can you see that? Huh? 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 Can you? Can you? Yes. Okay, cool. So <laughs> I can. Do you want to walk us through that, buddy? 
We'll cast three yeah, his, words. <laughs> don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. And that's I picked that one because it's what I put my whole agency on. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, your agency is called Come Alive Creative, right? So I love that name. Yep. Yep. So, so are you still only podcasting? Yeah, there's no temptations to get distracted with other new shiny forms of media. Nope. Jeez, you smart. No, man. I was just talking to I was talking to a friend yesterday um, about the amount of platforms that I have, and they all feed into Come Alive. Like, because we have Come Alive Creative, and then I have my personal brand and personal podcast. But then we also have a couple, like I've gotten sick of answering the question what equipment to buy, so I made a website that shows people what equipment to buy, and I just use that as lead generation, and plus it helps them out along the way. And then we have a couple other sites that we're running that all kind of feed into the audio space. Um, do you want me to continue on this question, or do you want yeah. me to answer no, the no, ROI question? Go ask the ROI, and we'll come back. Okay, cool. So with the ROI, I just pulled the article. Um, essentially, we're looking at. It's about nine or ten different ways, and I'll quickly I'll quickly go over them because you can just find the article um, on our website. But it's the first one is the most traditional thing is uh, listeners and downloads. That's where most people's minds go. If if you want to build awareness, if you're trying to just get more impressions, that type of thing. The other place that people's minds often go are sponsorships and ad revenue. Um, I was very hesitant about this for a long time. That was never my means. I took a stance, like you mentioned in the beginning of this business model is sketchy. But even coming out of the conference that I mentioned earlier, it's alive and well. There, People are spending a significant amount of money on podcast advertising if you have the right, uh, the right level. Um, and there's kind of two different relationships almost too. One is strictly impressions. Like if you have... 50,000 CPMs per episode, or you're getting X amount of downloads per episode, you're going to be able to convert that into X amount of dollars based on the industry standard. The other thing that's starting to come out more and stuff that we've even been able to experience is that building the right relationship. And the numbers don't necessarily matter. Where we have one, it's a smaller one, but with a different podcast I run, it's specifically just about how to podcast. I've made it as a resource for people that wouldn't necessarily want our services but they might want to learn about it anyways and an easy way for me to build trust with them by listening, that kind of a thing. Before I even launched, I was able to land a sponsorship with um, Cloud Microphones. And they produce really, really awesome equipment. And it was just something that I started talking to the owner. It kind of happened organically. I asked him if he wanted to be involved. There was no numbers. I couldn't say like I have X downloads or anything. And they were like, yeah, we believe in you. I think it's just a good fit. Let's make it happen. And we're starting to see more relationships like that as well, where some people, like you take your Squarespaces or Audible, like they, they just care about impressions. They want to know how many people, because they've gotten it down to a science of if this many listeners hears us, this many listeners will convert. But there's a, another group kind of starting to churn that we're beginning to see more is just, is it the right relationship? And then from there, you negotiate numbers that are right for you. And they don't really have anything to do with your downloads, or they kind of do. And as long as you're hitting those like, expectations that you both hope for then both parties are happy dude i love the fact that you mentioned sponsorships because for me the money here is sponsored content <clears throat> so again this, the the context changes whether it's personal branding or whether it's a big brand but the money is in sponsored content the problem's the same we can't do it ourselves mm-hmm. right so if you package yeah. it you put a concept on it you put quantifiable outputs on it and a price 
and you say, Mr. Brand, here's your plug and play solution and it's going to cost you seven figures. They go, no problem. Let's, let's chat about it. Or whereas what I was doing like two years ago was, Hey, how about a podcast? Uh, well, you know, this kind of thing. It's a totally mm-hmm. different thing. If you then say to them, yeah. especially, and, and I know you wanted to ask me about the live event space that I've been moved into. Mm-hmm. Dude, there's so much cash in that. There's multiple revenue streams. There's <clears throat> um, sponsorship revenues. There's massive networking opportunities, deal flow opportunities, and big brands want a piece of that. They really do, mm-hmm. you know. So I just signed a massive deal here, uh, one of the biggest so far to date with a big bank, um, and that's be doing that hopefully in October. So I'm going to do the announcements when actually, you know, once some <laughs> some small little details taken care of. But um, but soon as I realized that if you package things and you put a sponsorship price on it, the game changes. It's funny that um, that that is in fact the case, though. Do you know what I mean? Because it's pretty much the same thing. You know, it's just the way that you approach it and package it changes everything. It's like we were saying earlier, and even like from when I was working more in the web dev space before I moved over to just podcasting and and really like a more broader way to understand it for people that are are listening right now or watching right now is kind of just audio marketing. Like if you look at digital marketing and the different facets of digital marketing, it's almost just like an avenue of audio marketing. And so when you go to somebody with the technicality, of say when I was building websites, if I said, okay, look, I'm going to use a WordPress platform. We're going to use the Genesis themes. We're going to use these particular plugins. They don't care. Nobody cares what technical thing that you're using. All they care about is, did you solve my problem or did you solve my pain? Go to somebody, hey, how about a podcast? Like, (laughs) okay, like why? Why is that even relevant? But if it's like, hey, what if I can make you an authority in this particular vertical or in this particular industry? Then they're like, all right, tell me about that. Yeah, totally. So I'll say to someone like, what do you want to be famous for? And they're, oh shit, I uh, hadn't thought about it. Most people don't actually ask that question. Do you know what I'm saying? But then you get some mm-hmm. people push back and they go, yeah, well, you know, I don't want to be famous. And I'll say, cool, no problem. Then what book are you writing in 12 months time and what's on the cover? Mm-hmm. You know, and then we'll, book, we'll work back from there, right? But we will make you a brand. Like whatever we yeah. do, we'll create a platform around your persona will get your story right. And I want to talk to you about how you approach story because that's especially relevant for audio. Um, mm-hmm. But more and more in the branding space, story is everything. You know, and mm-hmm. people, at least I don't know what you found, but people seem to think that you need to produce more content in order to get noticed. And it's actually for us, what we've learned is it's actually about doing less stuff, but that's more effective. And that gets mm-hmm. your story and your message bedded down properly. Because a lot of guys don't know how to do that. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's just, yeah, there's just so much bad content out there. It's crazy. I mean, so let's talk about yeah. story. Let's talk about story. How do you approach uh, crafting a story for, for audio podcasting? There's a lot of different things that you can pull from with that. Fortunately for me, I take it from a literary standpoint because I mentioned I was a teacher in the beginning. And so my, my formal background has been in language arts, which is essentially reading, writing. And so I'm just like a class or two shy of my master's in language arts and education. And I spent a good seven, eight years of my life teaching people about story. And so I lean more. It, there's a couple things I go towards. One doesn't really have anything to do with story. Normally, when I start any project with a client, it's what is your goal? So like you said, whether it's like, what, what is the thing you want to be famous for? What is the book that you're writing kind of hypothetically or whatever? What is it you want to be known for? All these things. But what does this piece of content need to accomplish? And then from there, who are we talking to and what do they care about? 
And so taking more notes from like conversion copywriting and when you go and you actually, instead of waking up one day and being like, oh, I got this great idea for an article and then you spend three and a half hours typing the article and editing it and then you hit publish and you're like, why is no one going to my article? And it's because you never did any research to begin with. And so actually (laughs) looking at things like Amazon reviews, searching Quora, finding what people are already having problems with, what they're looking for, what they're already asking, and then addressing those things. And so we'll take those things into consideration out of the gate. Once those that foundation's laid, we start looking at the actual story. It just depends because sometimes people, all these things, it's usually workload. It's always resources. So it's always time and money. Like how much time and money are you willing to dump into this? Narratives are incredibly difficult to pull off to pull off well to actually put the time into it that's necessary to do it and so you got to find out what's interesting there's a a fantastic book i'll recommend there's a lot a lot of books i've i've read on on this topic in particular but one i really 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 like is out on a wire it's by jessica abel and she basically documents in i didn't realize it was a graphic novel when i picked it up but it's a graphic novel that she illustrated and she documents following around like people like Alex Bloomberg, Roman Mars, um, Ira Glass, and like all the journalist legends and how they work and their shows work and snap judgment and how they'll like sit in a room and hash it out forever. And so that's really, really fascinating to kind of see. Um, and I think the, the last thing that I would add in that sort of uh, rounds it out is just stories pretty universal. And you take something like Joseph Campbell's Hero with a Thousand Faces. And almost every story follows some variant of the protagonist and who's the hero and who, what's the challenge that they're facing. And they got to go into the dark and they got to go into the cave. And it kind of follows through this thing. And so it's like a mixture of what's the storyline and the story arc? Why is the story interesting at all? What are those like intersections that it's not just like, I think one example I heard before, um, it was on a creative live special that Alex Bloomberg did. And he was talking about how everybody wants a superpower. That's not interesting. But why is it that we want superpowers? And we usually don't want to use them to actually do good things. We just want to fly around or we want to peek on people with our invisibility or whatever it is. And so it's like, that's the interesting part. It's not so much that we want a superpower. It's that we never really do anything super with it. We just use it selfishly. And so it's like looking at a story with a lens to make find, find the stuff that actually grabs your attention. Yeah, I love it. I'm reading um, a book now called Story Brand. Oh, right know. on. Donald, Donald Miller. That's it, yeah. Um, yeah, building yeah. a story brand. Yeah, totally, man. Um, so, I mean, there's just so many different ways you can tell a story. The hero's journey is obviously one which you alluded mm-hmm. to, you know, Miller's got his own one, which I really like because of the simplicity of it. You know, make sure you talk to Desire, make sure you talk to the villain in your target audience's life. You've got in, external problems, internal problems, philosophical problems. Make sure you talk all about that mm-hmm. stuff and embed your brand in that. And so, uh, you know, for me, the step change from okay to amazing isn't that much. Do you know what I mean? If you know what's... Elaborate. What do you mean? You keep telling me what you know what I mean, and sometimes I don't, so tell me. (laughs) You're always asking me to elaborate. I love that. So yeah, so basically (laughs) very simple. Um, Let's go back, look more broadly at the convention, right? So there's a lot of crap content out there. The reason being is that people think that they have a great story to tell, but oftentimes, even if they do, they don't know how to do it. So they're stuck, right? I mean, I get pitched 
every week, Jeff, like without fail, I get PR companies. So I've got this really amazing entrepreneur. I'm like, okay, cool. Tell me a story. No, he runs a 50 million rand company. I'm like, so what? <laughs> you know, that's not cool. We're not selling magazines. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That we're here to mm -hmm. like basically build brands, right? And help people like entrepreneur magazine with respect, but they always use like from zero to 150 million in five years mm -hmm. in a flat market, you know, <laughs> stuff yeah. like that. So, uh, and that sells magazines and that's great, but that's not story. That's headline. That's advertising. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're in the business yeah. of story, okay. I'm on board. Yeah, if you're seeing, you always, I always bring you around eventually. So, um, yeah, so, so in other words, so that's the convention. A lot of crap content, a lot of people shooting themselves in cars, <laughs> okay, or in yeah. airports. Yeah, the crap content. Is that something? It's still, people still believe that in South Africa because they don't believe it over here as much. Like to have more, like the whole be everywhere strategy, I just don't think is viable. And most of the people that I'm familiar with, at least in my space, have realized that and have moved on. Yeah, exactly. Well, it depends. If you can afford it, great, go for it. You know, um, for instance, I'm not going to get on Snapchat. I won't. Like, I downloaded the app the other day. I was like, nah, I don't need a seventh social media platform. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you can build, and I've done this, so I'm proof is that you can build a great business and brand using just one medium if you're mm -hmm. the best at it. You know, hundred percent, hundred percent. I don't know why we don't like. I was. I just gave this talk this past weekend. I was. It was similar. It was similar in the sense of, I was talking about specialization and niching down and going from a generalist web shop to only podcast production, and then even now looking at is there a further way that I can niche this down? But when you look at it, I just I get so frustrated when I look at other agencies and it's like we're specialists and web design, web development, social media. No, no, no. And they, this is a huge laundry list. And I'm like, no, you're not. Unless you have a team of like hundreds of people all doing very specialized tasks, that's just not the case. And I don't know how that wouldn't also convert over to the way that we market. I very much would rather own a couple spaces, a few social media streams or whatever it might be, and really double down and get known. And you've watched... I mean, I'm sure both can work. I'm definitely not in the camp of be everywhere. Like I, would, I don't want to be everywhere because I'm just going to do a crappy job everywhere. I would rather be one or two places and really be known for those one or two places than later, if I have the bandwidth, then expand out. You're a funny guy, Jeff Lodge. You're, <laughs> you're a very funny guy. Yeah, look, I, again, though, context for me in there is important. So you got two strategies, be everywhere or creates beachhead on a podcast strategy, right? For instance. So mm -hmm. I did that because no one was really doing that. And again, to your point, it was amazing because I built a great network, interviewed some really power people in business and, and whatever and all around the world. It was really rad. Um, and that worked for me when it was just me. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because that's all the bandwidth that I had. It's like, I love the concept of talking about bandwidth and media because you, are as a, as a solopreneur, only have so much bandwidth. You don't have the ability to 10x that bandwidth unless you get people, right? So if you change the context of that uh, game, in other words, now I can employ a team of five people, then it's 10 people. Now what can you do? Well, okay, well, we can take that podcast, we can recycle the shit out of that, create 30 different mm -hmm. pieces of content for Instagram, you name it, every single social media platform. And you know what? Well, what we'll also do is do the 500, 600 word articles four times a week. You know what I'm saying? Now you are everywhere. Mm -hmm. 
Now you are a brand, a proper, proper integrated brand that plays everywhere and that has the ability to tell your story on the platforms that your audience plays on. So again, it's, for me, it's all context. But, you know, when Gary Vaynerchuk, for instance, was like, yeah, man, like you got to be fucking everywhere, dude. Like if you don't put out like content, you know, on platforms where, you know, like your audience plays, like you don't exist, motherfucker. You know, <laughs> you know, you know how he swears. So he's probably, yeah. probably like he swears as much as me. Maybe. No, he swears way more than me. Hey? Yeah. He does sure way he more, than, more me. than you. Yeah. So yeah. So anyway. So and I was like, and I still commented on one of his posts on LinkedIn. I was like, dude, no. You know. But the thing is, I almost find his commentary almost irresponsible in some ways. And I love him. I respect him. I think he's awesome. What he does, even with the potty mouth, I dig what he stands for and his whole vibe. Um, but mm. you get people who don't understand the concept of bandwidth and the ability to execute in business who think that, oh shit, I actually need to be on all these different social media platforms. And that's when the mediocrity brigade becomes a very real thing because they don't mm-hmm. know. They can't execute yeah. at scale effectively. And I'll clarify too, it almost feels like, and you can quote me if I'm wrong, because there's it's not just only by the thing that you do that you specialize. It could be the industry that you're in. So, I mean, I could go after like a particular niche of healthcare if I wanted to, and then offer all the services that we're capable of. Like we can do a lot of these things. And so even for me, the way that I approach it from the agency standpoint, because we still have a team and everything, our team is behind me. I wouldn't be able to do all this by myself. That'd be insane. But it's an easier conversation to say like, hey, let's look at this one particular niche or, oh, you need a podcast? I know a guy. Like I'm going to hold that mental value in, in your brain. And then there's other stuff that happens by default. The podcast needs somewhere to live. Fortunately, I have X amount of years of web development and so does my team under their belt. So we're like, okay, let's, we're going to spearhead this with the podcast. But like you said, how are we going to recycle it? How are we going to reuse it? We're going to need a website. We're going to create our show notes in order to put it here, 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 and here. And so it still has a lot of like waterfall effect to the whole thing. Or when I look at what you're doing, it seems like instead of niching down on just podcasting as you did, you've instead chosen the world of personal brand. And then you've brought in the services that support that. So the thing that you're doing is still one thing. Like if Matt Brown is the personal brand guy and Matt, Matt Brown Media is the personal brand guy, that's the niche instead of just you're not the podcast guy, you're the personal brand guy. And then now these services support that. Does that make sense? Dude, totally spot on. It's, it's, being, it's being specific about the problem that you're solving. Because you, the thing is, you know, again, it's all, I'm probably this whole show is going to be called How to Deal with Context in Your Life. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's true, right? I mean, don't fall in love with the fucking medium. Fall in love with the mm-hmm. problem, you know? Like, I was yep. totally guilty, of uh, falling in love with the medium of podcasting, you know, but I was famous and broke, <laughs> you know, and that sucks. That really fucking sucks, you know. But what does matter is falling in love with that problem. And that problem for me was always entrepreneurs, right? Like, because it's the hardest job you'll ever have in the world outside of like being a dad, right? Um, so, or mom. Uh, so, you know, it is all about me too. Um, <laughs> so um, anyway, so <laughs> point B, so many people. Yeah, but I mean, like, you got to fall in love with that problem all over again. You know, for three years, I didn't actually offer anything to entrepreneurs outside of events, and that was the biggest problem. Do you know what I mean? It was always I had this massive podcast. People knew me through that, but I wasn't making money through that. I was trying to sell podcasts to brands, and I was like, well, why? You know, if they don't mm-hmm. care, 
and I know this market, I am this market, and I have a network in this market, and I can talk in their language, and I can talk to the problem that they know that they have, but they don't know how to solve it. Like, that is how you sell shit, and that's how you grow. I mean, we're not, like I will say, like, we're not charging brand prices either, hey? So we're charging like a thousand dollars a month dude uh for a, a podcast three episodes and then we market it and so forth and other packages and stuff but you know to scale sometimes you have to do the things that mm-hmm. don't scale right and going back to your earlier point about um you know entrepreneurs sometimes they don't have the cash sometimes they don't so do you want the business or don't you so for me i want the business you know and i want to be that guy that personal branding guy that solves your brand problem you know what i mean because no one's doing it dude mm-hmm. honestly like and that's that's what i'm excited about like we position to be the leaders in that space you know and then it's just cash bro so you know and resource here is mm-hmm. not the same as services people over in america where it's bloody expensive here the guys are relatively cheap you know Mm-hmm. Love you guys. Yeah, it's fun working with, <laughs> with people from South Africa. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's do the punch. What are we doing? We're doing a punch? Yeah. Let's do the punch. It's the knockout punch, Jeff. <laughs> so here's your top tip for entrepreneurs that is going to knock them out. Blow me away, dude. This is what I'll give you. And it's going to have to be... It's, it might come off as soft, but I'm going to go with it anyways. In college, I was struggling with some different things. And I was talking to a professor who was using basically as a mentor. And I was like, you know what? I got this thing that I need to do. And I really just don't want to do it. And he's like, all right, let me, let me give you some advice. Can I give you some advice? And he's like, yeah, yeah, we can do that. Just do it. And it was like so dead simple and stupid. And it reminded me of Nike and all these things. But it's come in handy so often as I go throughout these things. Like I would never have pivoted to podcasting. I would have never have left my job if I didn't do the thing that I knew was necessary. And so it's like, do it trembling if you must, but go and do it. And so those things that we know in our gut that we need to move on or the risks that we have to take, I was very risk adverse for a really long time. And so some people are just better at it than I am. Like some people are good at noticing an opportunity and jumping on it right away. For me, it took longer. So if you have a personality that's similar to mine, just Worst case scenario, it if you need to take a stoic view and go, what is the literal worst case scenario? I lose my house, or I'm going to have to drive around in a crappy car for a while, or whatever those like situations are. Exactly the same situation that you are now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, where where are you at? What's the worst case scenario? And just go for those things that you know you need to do. I love that, dude. Well done. And that concludes. The knockout round. Well done, dude. You passed for flying colors. You know, for most of us, time is what we want most, but what we use worst. So why not let digital kung fu make the most of your time by letting us market you, the brand behind the brand. Check out digitalkungfu.co.za forward slash brand me to get your hands on our curated content packages specifically for busy entrepreneurs. So, um, Jeff, is there anything that you really want to talk about uh, before we end off, before I end off, um, about podcasting? Like, just give me a yes or no, actually. If you're an entrepreneur, should you be podcasting? As a, if you consider all the different options, right? Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, blah, 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 blah. Yeah? Is podcasting for you, and I'm not trying to load this question. You can say it, you don't agree. But do you think podcasting is a, is a must start sort of thing? 
I don't I th- I don't think it's a must start, but I th- it's my favorite medium for sure. For a lot of reasons that I know you've talked about and you and I have even talked about on our previous episode. It's a different medium because the way that I have a cardinal attacking me. I'm sitting next to my slider what? door. I'm being attacked What's by attacking birds you? or something. Uh, <laughs> it's a cardinal. It just says that it's bitch a red, red bird. I don't know if you guys have cardinals in South Africa. I'm sorry. Totally distracted. <laughs> just <laughs> whatever. Anyways, do you want this? Um, Take the bats. Not yet. Everyone not yet. should not have yet. a baseball bat. <laughs> Completely lost my train of thought. Oh, audio. Audio is my favorite medium. the The reason why. Let me give you just a couple highlights. This is the reason why I work in audio. We go back to my quote of what makes you come alive. Like you talked about. Helping people is what makes me come alive. In the case that I'm in right now in this point in my life, it's podcasting. That's how I help people solve very particular problems. It's not so much the medium. It's the fact that I'm able to work with people and diagnose these things. Podcasting, though, is definitely my favorite out of everything for a few reasons. One is it's consumed differently. When you write a blog post or create a video, the consumer of that has to make an active decision to spend time with their eyeballs watching it or reading it. And so most of the time we think like, oh, my video on if let's say you're a surfboard company or like maybe you're you're GoPro or whatever it is. My video on these extreme sports is only in competition with other videos in extreme sports. I'm going to argue that it's in competition with anything else that demands attention from my eyes. So that means maybe the new latest Netflix special or the magazine article that I wanted to read or going outside in the backyard with my children. But when it comes to audio, it's the medium that you can actually do while doing something else. And so it's not as inductive. I can choose it. I can be in the car listening. I can be doing the dishes listening. I might be working out listening. And when you look at it on that playing field, the only things that it has to compete with would be other podcasts, audiobooks, or music. The other thing that I think is really interesting about it is when you look at the stats, say when you look at the U.S. stats, um, I mentioned them earlier, but Edison Research has done a, a study every year from since like 2005. We've basically seen positive growth since 2005. There was one dip in between 2012 and 2013, but we're, it's continuously growing. The catch though, and then even the, one of the main guys behind this study has shown that um, it's slow growth. It's not growing very fast compared to other mediums and things. But the thing that I realized at Podcast Movement is that we're on like the precipice of a few really, really major kind of industry shakers. We're looking at smart speakers have blown up tremendously. Things like the Echo and stuff have sold, I think there's like 41 million units out, but there's only about 5,000 people that are using the Amazon briefing, like kind of Amazon's little news update thing. There's only about 5,000 shows that exist. Um, accessibility in cars, so access via cars to the web and that type of thing is getting easier. And then, oh, I'm flaking on the last one. Um, and then Google. Google entering the space now with Google Podcasts where they basically have been dormant this entire time. And then iTunes and Apple have been the major players of all of it. And all it's going to take is one of these things to hit and the market can easily jump. And so podcasting very well, and I'm 100% aware, may just die next week. People might decide that we don't like this platform, something new and magical and amazing comes out, so be it. But I just don't think that's the case. And so it's like, you got to weigh out what are your options as an entrepreneur? Where's the best place that you can spend your time? For me, I love podcasting. It's the easiest way to spearhead a, a marketing campaign for me. It's dead simple to recycle content, like you said, put it on a bunch of mediums. Um, 
I just, I personally really, really like it. And I think it works extremely well to solve a lot of these problems that we're solving for these businesses. Yeah, I think voice is going to destroy brands, basically. I mean, you got Alexa, order me anything, you know. I mean, imagine if, mm-hmm. they, if, if, if Alexa could listen to podcasts and you could embed, do you know what I mean? Like call to actions in the audio and it just starts to do stuff. I don't know. Like You can. There, there's stuff that exists. There's different players. Like I've, I've been talking behind the scenes with a couple different companies. I know one for sure that already exists. The player will based on a timestamp can trigger a pop-up. And so like in your episode, if you're saying like, Hey, you can, the, the intent of it, here's the intent and here's the, the byproduct that I'm, I'm predicting. The intent of it was you could say like, Hey, sign up for my mailing list. And if you happen to be listening on a, the web player itself, it'll automatically pop up a sign up for that email. But the other thing that was like an unintended use that I don't know why they wouldn't do this. You could say like, Hey, here's my sponsor from Audible. You get this free link. If you're listening on the website right now, just click the link that just popped up. And so you can do pop-ups from advertisers and things. And so there's all sorts of stuff that's starting to like bleed out and, and kind of come down the pipeline in that way. So it's sort of already happening. And I think it's just going to continue to get easier and better. I'm going to ring this bell. Thanks, dude. That was really amazing. I could t- couldn't agree with you more. It's just fuck, can you wait? Eh? If you're building a business around podcasting, like you have to wait, I suppose, but it's like, I can't. <laughs> I'm too, I'm yeah, too it's, ambitious, it's man. not fast. I mean, most people don't experience the hockey stick growth. And so you got to know what you're getting into, but it's like, I don't know. I mean, so often we're enamored by these unicorn companies and these people. It's like, how much, how, like you said, the quote, the, the headline, I went from zero to a hundred million dollars in this much time in a flat market. But it's like we, we build things that last and that takes time. Like some people will hit it, but I don't think that's the majority. That's not the majority of us that are going to do that. I know. I mean, did you hear about Apple reaching a trillion dollars? Eh? Did you hear about that? Do you know what is really special about the... Tri- uh, you cut out a bit. All uh, I heard was the trillion dollar the trillion part. Dollar the rest Apple of it, you were kind thing, of jarred. They're a trillion dollar market cap company. Do you know that yeah. that happened literally overnight? Eh? They went from zero to one trillion overnight. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, did not know that, that. I know, but that's the thing, right? You got to go with it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, who knows? Maybe the biggest business, who actually fucking knows? Because maybe the biggest businesses will be the audio podcast businesses because some European and global legislation like GDPR comes in and wipes out programmatic and all advertising and everybody turns against Facebook and then they want authentic stuff. And the best way to be authentic is to podcast <laughs> because people can sniff out BS, right? Because you have these yeah. things called ears. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't fake it. People like you or they don't. When they can hear your voice like on a week-to-week or day-to-day episode type basis, if you're a jerk, they're going to know you're a jerk. Like, There's no Make way to jerk. get around that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Should we take some questions, Mav? So I'm just going to take some questions. There's a mic somewhere on you. Cool. So this question is for both of you guys. Uh, so both of you are in the business of building brands through podcasts. However, is it easy to market an entrepreneur brand or a big corporate brand like Absa, as you mentioned earlier? And that's from David. Thanks, David, for your question. I'll let Jeff, the expert, take this one. Uh, is it easier to do one or the other? I don't think it, you... Let, I'm, I'm interested in what you're going to say. I don't think it matters the entity. It matters the network. Because if you want to grow scale quickly... One of the easiest ways to do it or will give you a very unfair advantage is if you have a net network of similar shows to tap into already. So when you look at like influencers of a good podcast, when you can 
have an advertisement on another podcast that you know that listener base would be interested in yours as well. If you happen to be an ad network, something like a megaphone or a midroll or something like that already, and you can tap into similar shows, or if you can even do the guesting, like for me to be on Matt's show, for Matt to have been on my show, all those little ticks help. And so I don't think it really... Something like a larger... It just depends maybe, I guess, on the clout. That would be the biggest thing is if the professional or entrepreneur or the business itself is known for a particular thing and then you craft a show around that, that would be the defining factor. But I would still lean more... If, if that even, say, it's equal clout between the entrepreneur and equal clout between the brand, it has more to do with your ways to promote that show than it does who it is or what it is. Yeah. So my short answer is, uh, it's, it's what the question was, it's, is it easier? Okay. Um, it's more effort, obviously, the bigger the brand. But I will say that from a difficulty perspective, it's the same. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that is, if you're in the business of brand building, don't expect to do that in a month. Don't expect to do that in three months. But when you start looking at a year, two years, three years, that's how you build a brand. Um, you know, unless you're Airbnb, Uber, those are exceptions to the rule. But the general truth is, if you're in the business of brand building, you can't expect it to ha- happen overnight. You know, like we say, we with our clients, we say, listen, we're going to do a three-month rolling contract for now. But eventually, when we get to scale, it'll be, dude, you need to sign up for a year because otherwise, if you're not, you're not taking your brand seriously enough, and we won't work with you. And we're going to get to that point quite quickly. So, mm-hmm. is it easier? You know, horses for courses. My the actual question that's behind that question is how badly do you want it? You know, yeah. um, and that's again, it's hunger, right? Because uh, most people they go, oh, because you know what? Another thing I will say is like I've met so many entrepreneurs, and they're like, oh man, I'm gonna start a podcast, man, because I want to, I want some of your exposure, dude. And I'm like, okay, cool, rad. You do that and come talk to me in six months. And I promise you, out of a hundred dudes that start a <laughs> six podcast, six episodes later. Yeah, there's a graveyard of three podcasts and two podcasts and stuff because they realize actually how fucking hard it is to do podcasting Mm -hmm. properly. Actually, the better way to say Mm -hmm. it is to do brand building properly because if you don't take it seriously and you don't really execute properly, you're never going to have a brand, you know? Um, And it's it's just such a truth that I really want to get across. It's like brand building is a long-term thing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but it's totally, totally, totally worth it. Why? Because it will drive the liquidity for the thing that you sell. You know, yeah. people will think they know you before you're actually in there trying to sell anything. And that's for me is like incredibly valuable. Uh, next question, dude. How do you sell a podcast and what advice do you have for people starting up in the podcast one? That's from Veronica. Thanks, V. You want to go first this time? Yeah, you go. All right. Uh, I felt like there was two different questions. How do you sell and how do you start? Well, it starts. Are we just, talking? Yeah. All right, how do we start? You, okay. Well, you that, just start. <laughs> <laughs> that's a massive question. How do you yeah, start? That's huge. Like, um, there's, it depends. It depends on how well you want to do it. You can start literally with, I don't know, my phone went. You can start actually, with your actually, phone no, no, if no. you wanted to. It could be, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Have you played around with yeah, Anchor? Shoot. Have, you, I've play, have you played around with Anchor, Jeff? Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't care for Anchor. Yeah, I know you don't. But I know it. Yeah, I know. Okay, cool. So, Veronica, my first advice to you is if you have a smartphone, download an app called Anchor. Anchor is like Twitter for podcasting, 
right? So yeah. you, Gary Vaynerchuk, I think, actually owns it or has a stake in it. But anyway, you Does basically it? can they, record. They it. just had the owner of Anchor on the Podcast Movement Facebook page the other day, and he was answering questions because they've been taking a lot of heat for their terms of use. And so he got on and tried starting to dispel all these rumors. But that that's a side conversation. No, so no, no, that's fine. Dude. I want to hear about those rumors offline, I think. But 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 Veronica, okay. seriously, if you want to get your feet wet and you don't want to spend cash, you can do this gratis for yeah. free, right? Go get Anchor, download it. You can record, I think, up to five minutes of audio. Wear a lapel mic. Don't fuck around with not wearing a microphone. Bad audio sucks. No one will ever forgive you for bad audio. Bad video, okay. <laughs> um, then what was the other one? How do you sell it, Jeff? Yeah, how do you sell it? And it, it, going, I'll just keep it simple and go back to everything we've been talking about so far. You're not selling the podcast. You're selling the problem or you're selling the solution to the problem that the podcast solves. And so it's always, it's not, you don't approach somebody and, hey, you want to buy a podcast? It's like, hey, you want to buy this Rolex watch? Like people want to know what it is that it's solving <laughs> or, and then go after that. Yeah. Do you want to buy episode three? <laughs> <laughs> Because it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Oh, funny, dude. I run this Telegram group. You should totally join it. It's called The Daily Hustle, hence the big brand behind me. Um, but it's called The Daily yeah. Hustle on Telegram. You should totally join it. Um, so we just connect and talk shit and ask for advice and help and stuff. Um, but anyway, so I've been reaching out to some of the members there, and one of them is about to jump. I won't mention her name because she's working and employed and stuff. But basically, they want to um, basically launch a pet walking and house sitting or not house sitting pet walking sitting type service thing for people who are away but they got pets so i said so well you should start a podcast you know and just to illustrate mm -hmm. to give some more context because i totally agree with what you said i said to i suggested to her that the podcast should be based around how do you manage your lifestyle with pets and talk about those problems mm -hmm. because people want the love of an animal they don't want to pick up the shit on the grass you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, they don't want to deal yeah. with the fact that it takes 30 minutes or 20 minutes every day to go and walk your dog. Times that five, to, five times a week, times 20 times a month, times a year, that's 240 times 30. That's 600, 720 minutes a year of time. <laughs> like having a perpetual yeah. three-year-old for like 15 years of your life if you want to die. No, bro. And then, but what could you better spend that time doing? And how much would it? How much do you? Uh, how much do you value? Let's call it the, those seven hundred minutes, right? What mm -hmm. could you do? Spend time with your kids, your your wife, your siblings. Call a mate, go out partying, or whatever the case is. You know, so there's a lot of mm -hmm. equity in that. But to your point, you're not going to go episode three as we do pet sitting, and here's why you should buy our stuff. Do you know what I mean? You've mm -hmm. got to talk exactly. to the problem, which is that lifestyle challenge. Like, because we're busy. You know, so mm -hmm. anyway, so this is a classic example. Any, any more questions? None. Okay, cool. Um, Jeff, last one for you, bud, and then I'm going to let you go. Why okay. do you do what you do? Like what gets you out of bed in the morning? I like helping people. It, it's kind of, it almost feels like a cop out, but at the end of the day, I don't expect to be the best, but I want to be the best possible version of myself that I can be. If I'm not growing, I'm dying. It's like all those kind of trite phrases, but I really believe it. I want to help with those things. If I can assist in some way, if I can love my family well, my team well in the process, like I just want to make that happen. And so simply, simply, I just, I want to love well and I want to give back. Yeah. Love's dude. We're on the same page there, man. It's all about helping, bro. That's anything that makes you happy, man. No amount of money in your bank account is going to truly fulfill you, you know? 
Dude, lovely mm-hmm. spending time with you. Really appreciate it. That was Jeff Lodge finally on the Map Round Show. Bing, bing, bing. Thanks, dude. Appreciate your time. It's been amazing talking to you, and I wish you all the best, bud. Uh, listen, comealivecreative.com, eh? Awesome. Yeah, cool. All right, guys. Ciao. Yeah, comealivecreative.com is the agency, or jefflarge.com is where my site and podcast and everything live. He's doing some large stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Living large. Never heard that before. <laughs> okay, buddy. Chat to you soon. Thanks, eh? Awesome. Later. Cheers, bud. Bye. Thanks for checking out the Map Round Show, guys. And if you'd like to get the Kung Fu put in your ninja, check out digitalkungfu.co.za. Ever wanted to become a best-selling author? Well, I'm in the influence business and I work with business owners and CEOs and business leaders to help them scale their influence. And we do this as a team by helping you to become a best-selling author, sought-after speaker and industry influencer in only 30 days. My team and I have developed a system that delivers a best-selling book and a launch campaign 300% faster and 50% less cost than anyone else in North America. This system is incredibly efficient. One of my clients Haiku went from a 2% share of voice globally to an 11% share of voice globally in only seven days. If you'd like more information, head on over to showworksmedia.com for more. That is showworks with an X.com.